everyone, my name is Reagan. Welcome to Conversations with Sarah, with your host, Sarah Carnes. She's my mom. She's on the radio and TV and loves the Cleveland Browns. But one of her favorite things is connecting with you. She wants to help you live a healthy, happy life. I don't know how she does it. She even got me to love carrots and eat broccoli. Thanks for listening. Well, thank you for joining another Conversations with Sarah. I'm excited to get another episode out here. It's been a minute, but it's just been crazy. So <laughs> I'm said I'm not I'm not making myself stick to a schedule because this time of year between football, the holidays, with the show, with everything, um, when when it gets done, it gets done. And I'm grateful for everyone who wants to connect and listen and learn more. I try to bring something informational, something that'll inspire you every time we put an episode out. And I think today is going to do just that because I have my friend Maria from Swap It Healthy with me today. She's a certified brain coach with Amen Clinics. She's a speaker. She's fantastic. And we'll get to that in just a minute. But because we're right here around the holidays, and let's face it, we always love gift ideas because you always have like birthdays or Christmas or something around the corner. So I put together a few gift guides. I've never done this before. So I don't know if you guys are going to like my taste or not, but I put together a few things that I thought, you know what, these were some of my favorite gifts the last couple years. The the most favorite gift that I've gotten in several years was the the custom handwriting necklace that my daughters Reagan and Michaela gave for me. So I put a link there for that. They actually were able to engrave with their own handwriting. I love you, mom. I love you, mama. And I still get choked up when I think about it. So the link for that is there along with some other little gifts as well. Some of my favorite things, my phone case, my anti-radiation phone case, my weighted blanket, my trigger point back massager that I, I gave as gifts last year that everyone loved. I call it my shepherd's hook. Sometimes I just sit and watch TV at night and rub my own back because it's hard to get someone to rub your back these days. These days. So a good old Harmark movie with your shepherd's hook and you are good for the evening. So anyway, that's on conversationswithsarah.com. If you click on blog, you can see all those all of those. And then I also put together a gift guide for books. The beginning of this year, I said, I'm going to read a lot more books. I'm going to really get into reading. I'm in this like whole zone of learning more. And so I asked my buddy, my co-host, Len, to join me. Thanks for thanks for joining me. Hey, it's <laughs> fun because you and I have been reading a book together and we've enjoyed it so much. It's been a long time since I've read a book and I said, I think I found a book that has changed my life. Just reading it has really changed my life and just opened up my eyes and perspective. So I shared it with you and we started our own little two-person book club. We could not put it down. I couldn't put it down. It almost got to the point where it was distracting the show <laughs> because we would come to work and I'd be like, did you read that? I know. Did you read that? Poor millennial Phil over here like, focus, guys, focus. Between well, songs, people think that we're working on the weather or what we're going to talk about and we're just unpacking this book, which is great because I learned stuff in this Bible study book that I've never read before or seen before. It was so great. No, and I'm so glad you got me hooked to it. it it's called The Rational Bible Series by Dennis Prager. And I didn't even know really who Dennis Prager was. I know he's uh, very influential and, and speaks a lot. And so I didn't even know any of that. I just walked in with you telling me, 
that he's got a really good perspective on the Old Testament. He takes the Torah, which is the Old Testament, the Jewish version, and he breaks it down verse by verse. I think unless you're some sort of Bible student or you go to college or something like that for studying the Bible, I think the Old Testament story starting with Adam and Eve are a little mm-hmm. intimidating and trying to figure out how they connect with our day-to-day life can be a real struggle. And so badly, I wanted to read something that put that together, maybe put, I don't know, flesh and bones on those stories so they made sense to me. That's exactly it. I've Mm -hmm. always been so intimidated by the Old Testament, and there were so many aha moments reading this. And this is for anyone who is um, in any levels of faith. I think you can find it, even if you have no faith at all, and it's it's, you would just want to connect what really happened, the Hebrew language to your everyday life now, it's its amazing. The big stories there in the book of Genesis are Adam and Eve. Mm-hmm. That's where it all starts. The story of Noah and Noah's Ark, uh, Cain and Abel. We all know the story about these two brothers that yeah. had a big rivalry. Sodom and Gomorrah, who hasn't heard that story yeah. before. But what do these stories mean? Sometimes it was like, that was... They, were those real people? Yeah, right. they were real people. Right, and so obscure. You think, how could that yeah. happen? Right. You know? So a couple of things, just to kind of put it out there, that I like kind of blew me away, is that the woman in Hebrew actually means helper and equal. Yeah, can I talk about that one? Yeah. Uh, here was the thing. When God's creating all the animals uh, and all of that, eventually he creates people. He creates Adam, and he says, it's not good that man should be alone. Mm -hmm. I'll make for him a helpmate or a helper. And that has been misunderstood and misinterpreted for a long time because it didn't make it seem like the helper was quite up to snuff when it comes to the man. It was just a helper, Right. right? But Dennis Prager in the book, The Rational Bible About Genesis, he said, you get the rich understanding of what God was up to if you understand what the Hebrew word for woman means. Here in the Bible, and he says, what it means is it means helper and equal. Yeah. And so men and women were designed by God to be equal and at the same time have different roles in a relationship. And I, to me, that was super. It was eye-opening. And I've told a gazillion people that. I've told a lot. In the commentary, he writes along with it. It's just like everything started to click. The Old Testament is the first time in my life has started to click and he takes it so the first one is genesis Mm -hmm. and then there's exodus leviticus actually comes out in april len and i were in exodus right now reading it but the other story that's crazy and i gotta stop teasing it because you know i could go on forever we're kind of like rational bible junkies right now (laughs) we can't put it down but lot's wife when they left sodom right so lot's wife as this you may have heard the story so abraham leads leaves lot uh, Sodom and Gomorrah, he leaves Sodom and Gomorrah, and, and when he leaves, he takes his nephew, Lot, with yes. him, is that right? Yes. Lot and his wife, and you've heard the story before, many of you have probably, Lot's wife, as they're leaving the city that's going to be destroyed, she looks back and poof. Yeah, and and I've always heard that story, and everyone's like, oh, well, she turned around, don't it's go back, fault. it's right. her fault. <laughs> yeah. When you read it, the way Dennis describes it from the Jewish Hebrew perspective from the original text, it puts a totally, like, I have such a a heart 
for Lot's wife now and why she turned back. I don't want to give it away because no. I want you to read it. She was a person, though. She was and a she person. she had real human emotions. And I guess we can't say more than that or we'll ruin it. And you want to have, when everyone reads it, you want them to have the same dun-dun-dun movement uh, yeah. uh, reaction that you Yeah, but there's so many of those dun-dun-dun. Oh, uh, what about Noah? Noah's Ark. Think oh, about that. This guy and his wife and his kids, they build this giant ark. It seems like such a crazy story. But when you read it in the Rational Bible and you read the commentary, it's like, oh, that makes sense. It put a whole different perspective Mm -hmm. on so many things. This is why I want to go to Israel so bad right now. Also on my book list is The Rock, The Road, and The Rabbi. Len, you have to read that one. That's what started all of this Right, for that's me. on my list. That's on my list it, for sure. It's so good. Kathy Lee Gifford, Rabbi Jason Sobel, who's a, a Messianic Jewish rabbi. It's so good. So we're going to get a trip to Israel one of these days. We're going to get that together. <laughs> and uh, this has just been fun. If you're that type of person that has hesitated to look at the Old Testament stories and you thought, what am I going to get out of this? You'll get so much out of it if you get this book there. Well, thank you, Len. I know it's it's I could talk about it for hours, but we do have to move on because I want you to meet Maria as well, my friend from SwapItHealthy.com. Connect with her. She's so great. She believes food can be medicine when used properly. Just like me, she's been able in her own family even to uh, eradicate a number of different uh, diseases and problems with her husband's health, to her children's health, to her own health. And she's got a lot of practical ways uh, to kind of implement those strategies to stay healthy. She calls the four pillars of health into your home. So without further ado, here is Maria. Welcome, Maria. It is so wonderful to have you here today. Thank you so much for having me. First of all, I just love your Instagram page. Swap it healthy. You're always giving such great advice. And I'm going to talk a little more about that later because sometimes you don't know what what should I be eating? What is another option? But what I want to start with is talking about, you know, how you got here. And I mean, in your journey to health, because I feel like everybody has a defining moment where you decide, you know what, I can't keep going like this. I want to turn my life around. I want to start making healthy choices for me and my family. Yeah. So my defining moment was about five years ago. Um, I had a family that I had two kids with ADHD, another one with leaky gut, um, another one with asthma and eczema. My husband was on blood pressure meds. He had Almost had a heart attack at age 39. Mm. And um, so our family was kind of looking a little rough. (laughs) And I was having problems. And so I went to the doctor and found out that I had Hashimoto's. Mm. And I remember walking out of that doctor's office and feeling completely deflated. Like I thought I was doing everything right for my family. I thought I was feeding them the right foods. I thought I was being a good mom. And then I'm sitting here looking at us and my husband's on meds. I might have to go on meds. All these kids with all these issues. And I just felt like I have totally failed as a parent, as a person. And I asked the doctor, you know, what what am I supposed to do? What are my options? And he just said, well, you can go on thyroid medicine. Mm-hmm. That's, that's going to help. Um, or, you know, you can see what you can do naturally. And that was a conventional doctor that said wow, that to I'm me. I'm impressed. Yes, I was impressed too. And I'm so thankful that he did that because at the time I wasn't there. I wasn't thinking like that. Mm-hmm. And so for him to even let that option be there, it was pretty nice. So I went home 
And, you know, they say that a mom can do better research than an FBI agent. And I just. (laughs) Oh, girl, that is so true. I love that. (laughs) So I just went to work and I started Googling and researching and found out, you know, the two worst things for Hashimoto's is stress and gluten. And Mm -hmm. so then I started, I never even thought about a gluten-free diet. And I started researching that. And that was really the pivotal point because I said, we, I don't want to see this family of mine become a family of pharmaceutical reps. I don't want us all to be on drugs. I need, I need to fix this now. And so it took a little while in my experimenting, doing the best things that I could. And it was improving. I was getting a little bit more energy. My hair wasn't falling out as much. There was all these symptoms that were getting better, but they weren't like where they needed sure. to be. And then in January, I did the Dr. Hyman 10-day detox, and I got my husband to join in with me. By day three, his blood pressure was so low, he had to stop taking his blood pressure meds. Wow. Just on day three. And so we completed the 10 days, and we both felt so amazing that we just said, why don't we just keep eating like this? You yeah. know, why, why, why go back to it? Right. And so we did. And I went back at the three-month marker. All of my Hashimoto markers were gone. Everything was in normal range. And that was only three months of eating healthy. Wow. So you totally cut out sugar, you and your husband. Completely. And saw such a, because so many people, so many women in particular struggle with thyroid problems. Mm -hmm. We see it all the time. So, you know, and I heard you say something one time too, and it's kind of reminded me of my story is that you're right. You have to have that kind of defining moment. And then have a vision of what you want your family to look like, mm-hmm. right? Because yep. I love, you know, you described, you know, my husband was on blood pressure. I had thyroid problems. My kid had AG. I don't want my family to look like that. Right. I want to picture them healthy. I want to picture myself and have that vision and knowing how to get there. And how to get there, yeah. And so, like, once we started seeing the changes within us, mm-hmm. I thought, okay, maybe this will help the kids. You know, maybe we should just start doing this with the kids. And so we literally took it one thing at a time. With us, we were able to dive into it. Because it's easier as adults. Absolutely. So that's where, okay, so let's talk about the kids then, because you you said you had two children with ADHD. And I know that's where your heart is, helping families as a health coach with kids going through this. So I feel like I do really well, me and my husband, with Mm -hmm. eating healthy it's really challenging with kids sometimes. Yes, because they always want candy. They yes. always want ice cream. All you know. H- how do you manage that? Well, you, uh, my my logo is take it one swap at a time, and I really do. That's how we started with the kids. Um, but another pivotal point in it is teaching your kids. I think people underestimate teaching your children about health, and mm-hmm. they a lot of times parents just say, "Don't eat that. That you're not allowed to eat that." But they don't teach the kids why. And I know my kids watched the magic pill. They watched Fed Up. They watched these documentaries of what sugar does to our bodies. I educated them. I wanted them to hear not just from me, but from other people that what sugar is. It's six times more addicting than cocaine. Right. Sugar is awful. It, It really shouldn't even be legal, to be honest. And then the sugar of yesterday is so much different than the sugar of today because they're using GMO, you know, and it, it, it's just wrecking our bodies. And so I'm a big proponent in teaching children, even at a young age of age five, children will start to get why they shouldn't have this. Um, but when I started, my one son was 10 years old. So imagine he had 10 years of Oreos and right. Fruit Loops and M&Ms and, 
I mean, I used to pack Fruit Loops thinking that they were healthy in the lunch. Right. So, you know, they're fruit. I, they're fruit. Loops. It says 90% fruit on the <laughs> package. So, um, so he grew up really at a disadvantage because mm-hmm. by 10, it's really hard to change these kids. But I just kept pressing on and we would just go through it and I would teach them about why, what food dyes do to the brain and why you can't have food dyes and teach them about what sugar would do. And it wasn't overnight. It took a while. But the cool part is, as soon as they started feeling the changes, especially my son with leaky gut, mm-hmm. he didn't want to have gluten anymore. He's like, Mom, I haven't had like an issue since I stopped, you know, having gluten. So he, he'll he go to a party. He won't eat it. He just won't because he knows how he feels. Yeah. So that's interesting because I always tend to worry, and I think some people do, because I love the education piece and I teach my I'm not as good as you. I will say that firsthand at keeping a good balance with my daughter. I struggle because she she wants certain things. And I'm talking about my almost nine-year-old. I'm always afraid. I don't want to scare her Mm -hmm. too much, you know, with uh, maybe because sugar is so bad. And I agree with all of those things. How do you balance not scaring children with food and almost creating a food complex, right? you know right. what I'm talking about, yeah. where I don't want them to be so scared of food because it has this or that, that they overanalyze everything and you don't want to go too hard, too young. Do you know what I'm right. saying? Right. So there's two different sides to this. One is the education piece where they are aware, the truth, as long as you're feeding them the truth about sugar. Right. It would be just like teaching your kids the truth about drugs. They have to know the truth. Now, if they decide to go do it, then they do it, but at least they have the truth foundation there. They yeah. know what is happening. The other portion of it is finding that balance. So when my kids go to birthday parties or they go to a school party, they do not feel like they can't have the cupcake. They absolutely will have the cupcake. Yeah, They absolutely will have a piece of pizza. But if you talk to my kids, you'll they'll tell you, I'll have one piece of pizza and I'll ask for a half a cupcake or I'll have a small piece of cake and then they'll fill up their plate with veggies. They, they're they learning the balance themselves. And part of it is through the education of what I've taught them, but all, the biggest part is how their bodies have reacted when they've overdone it. So yeah. I don't even have to tell them that much. They feel yeah. it when they overeat something and they know. So I, I don't ever want to like put complexes in any children's or create eating disorders or anything like that, like where they're too afraid of food. But nowadays there's so many other options that yes. you don't have to eat eat fruit roll-ups. There's a healthy option for fruit roll-ups. Right. You don't have to eat Snickers. There's a healthier option. So yes. you can get that fixed that's, and not destroy that's your That's where body. I think they're, you know, that's a good option for parents and mm-hmm. that you, on your website and your Instagram swap at Healthy, you do a lot of that because, you know, like you said, with the fruit snacks or mm-hmm. something fun that all the other kids have. But I think it's good. I bet your kids are like role models in the school too. My daughter has one of her best friends. He, Sometimes I feel like she eats better than I do, and she's nine years old. <laughs> she's like, well, so-and-so came home and told me this. And, she, you know, the, the past week we've been packing spinach salads for lunch because she's been so influenced. So I do, I 100% agree. I just know sometimes it can be challenging for parents. So I, I love that. So what are some kind of just keeping in talking about the kids? Because I know um, ADD is where your heart is. You mm-hmm. help so many kids with your program. Just in a nutshell, tell parents right now, if they have children that are going through this, you know, a 101 of how you can help them through diet. Yeah. So my program doesn't just deal with nutrition, though. So we deal with nutrition, sleep, 
stress management. Believe it or not, our kids are more stressed out probably than most of us are mm. with the pressures that they have. And then also supplementation. So is um, this the four pillars? Yes. These okay. are the four pillars of okay. the Freedom from ADD program. And and I never want people to have an unrealistic expectation. My child that had ADD, he no longer shows symptoms of ADD. My daughter who has ADD, she still has symptoms from ADD and I've worked on all four pillars with her. Mm-hmm. Some people you can completely like change how they're acting, how they're feeling, how they're thinking, all this stuff. Other people, it just gets better. Mm. I haven't worked with anyone that has done the program that hasn't gotten better. Um, but you know, it's not gonna. It's not a cure. There's no cure. I never want people to think that this is a cure. But what it is is, it's not only teaching them healthier ways of a lifestyle, but it's it's going to improve their con- concentration, their behavior mm-hmm. in school. Um, so that's kind of what the program does for kids. And my my heart is with kids with ADD because, you know, in the school districts there or in any schools that teachers don't have a lot of patience for these kids. And understandably, it's mm-hmm. hard to teach a classroom with these kids bouncing off the walls. Right. But at the same time, some of these same teachers are handing out candy as rewards. Right. Well, yeah, you know, right. like that kind of drives me crazy right. a little bit. And right. so um, my heart is with kids with ADD because they get bullied more. Um, they're usually the outsiders. They don't have a lot of friends. And I just feel like simple changes we can do at home can really make a difference in their behavior in school and then help them throughout life. And then you're sending them off with this awesome foundation of knowing how to eat and how to treat their bodies right. So. Yeah, and I think that's so, it just goes back to educating kids at an early age. I don't know how we've gotten you know, so far away from that. Maybe it used to be, maybe we've never done a great job, but you know, kids even reading labels mm-hmm. on the back of products and, mm-hmm. and things like that. Um, I was guilty of it. My, I always say my older daughter the, was the sacrificial daughter. <laughs> always the first is. <laughs> because she just ate, you know, Cheetos her whole life. And, <laughs> and now with Reagan, I'm learning. And uh, now my older daughter eats just like I do and is really healthy. But it's just interesting. And I really, really try as a parent now to do what you're saying and, and teach them more. But let them still have the alternative yeah. fun things yeah. that they love. I want to talk you. So you talked about those those four pillars, and I know what you. Um, you're also very involved in brain training. Mm-hmm. You are certified in brain training. Mm-hmm. Did I say that right? Brain, I'm a brain health co- certified brain health coach. Certified yes. brain health yes. coach through Amen Clinics. Yes. So Dr. Daniel Amen is someone that I've always always loved. I've I've read his books. I listen to a ton of his podcasts. Actually for everyone listening, if you've heard of the Daniel Plan, amazing. Amazing. Mm-hmm. Um he was one of the authors of the Daniel Plan with Dr. Mark Hyman, Rick Warren. Rick Warren. I think Dr. Oz was a little bit in there too. Okay. And it, it's always fascinating. I I've I loved the Daniel Plan. So, but off note, it was super cool. You told me that you actually were no Rick Warren and went to that church in the past. Yeah, seven years I was a member at that church. It was awesome. And I was actually in the church when they rolled out the Daniel plan. I was one of the small groups that did it. That's so cool. It's so cool. I just think as a yeah. side note, that's really cool. Yeah. But tell me what it means to go through this brain training and what are the what some of the key things that you got out of it? Okay, yeah. I mean, it was so fascinating. It was um, so informational. So 
when you're talking about psychiatry and when you're talking about ADHD and all the different things that are wrong with us that start in the brain, mm-hmm. the problem is in, in psychiatry, they don't look at the organ that's giving the problem. If you're mm-hmm. having heart issues, they look at the heart and they figure out what is causing this problem. Liver, what kidney, whatever. They look at the organ. Well, you typically don't look at the brain for these type of issues. Amen Clinics, what they have done, which is amazing, is they do these spec scans. And my husband and my son recently had one this past summer. They're fascinating. So they look at not the anatomy of the brain, but they look at the flow of the brain, how the blood is flowing, the activity of the brain, what is really active, what is not very active. And through that, you can determine what type of ADD somebody has and not only diagnose it correctly, but then medicate it correctly. What happens so much in so many of my patients, their biggest frustration is they go to psychologists or psychiatrists and they're thrown on different meds. Try this. See how it works. Mm-hmm. Throw, Do this. See how it works. And they're like a little experiment. No one knows exactly what to give these kids for either meds or supplements because they haven't looked at the brain. They don't know what type of ADD. There's actually seven types of ADD that you can have as well as anxiety, um, brain trauma. There's so many different things that they can look at when they see the brain. So until you actually look at the brain and see what's going on, you're just basically guessing at what a child has wrong with them or an adult. Um, there's one story throughout the course. I mean, there's a whole bunch of different cases that he shows yeah. you, but one of them that's most powerful is his nephew, Andrew. And Andrew, all of a sudden, one day just became a very angry mean kid, um, was bullying people on the playground, came home, and the mom would find pictures of him um, hanging from a tree. He was Mm. drawing pictures hanging from a tree. I think one of them with a gun shooting people. And this kid, I think at the time, was eight or nine years old. Mm. And she's like, you know, she called her brother and said there's something seriously wrong with Andrew. And so he went and he did a brain scan. And he found out that Andrew had a tumor on the one side of his brain that had completely shut down the activity on the one side of his brain, which was causing this. The tumor at that point had gotten so big that it shut off all the flow. Wow. And now Dr. Amen, I mean, he's a very well-known doctor, could not find somebody to take this tumor out. Could not find somebody. Why? Everybody said it was too risky. Just let him just let them keep it in there. You know, we don't want to go in and do this. Or, yeah, it was a two, like a, a sift that they needed to drain. Something was there. Yeah. And so, anyway, they went in. He finally found somebody who would do the surgery. It was a friend of his that said they agreed to do it. After the surgery, Andrew became his nice, kind-hearted self. Like, there was nothing wrong with him anymore. He wasn't angry anymore. He was a sweet, amazing wow. child. He's alive and well today, married, just doing well. But... My thing is, is that how many other Andrews are there like that are doing really bad things in school and we're just not looking at the brain to find out why? Right, right. It could be ADD. It could be a cyst. It could be a tumor. We don't know because we don't look. Right. And the other thing that Dr. Amen, I feel like has brought up a lot when I've heard him speak is the gut brain connection, Mm -hmm. which is so huge that I really try to get out. I mean, I've had gut health issues in the past and... I had what is called SIBO. I've mentioned that several times. But with my SIBO, I had severe depression, severe paranoia that got terrible. Uh, You know, all these different things. And when I cleared my gut, it was like a curtain was lifted and I was me again. Like, 
I, I, it was crazy. I even remember going to one of my um, uh, counseling sessions and I had started to feel so much better. I'm like, I don't even have anything to talk about today. I don't, <laughs> I am cured. And no, you know, it was just, I had just, I, I was just in euphoria because I felt so much better. Yeah. It's amazing what your gut and it's, he had, he explains it so much better. I don't know how to technically do it, but how these, how these, motor neurons or some technical neurotransmitters neurotransmitters go to your brain from your gut and that's like like sometimes just changing the diet alone not even the other three pillars but just changing the diet can change a child's adhd behavior like night and day because dopamine and serotonin and gaba are all those neurotransmitters are all made in the gut so if you have an unhealthy gut those are not getting up to your brain and they have to be there for proper behavior, good decision-making, focus, energy. And if your gut's unhealthy, then your brain's going to be extremely unhealthy. I mean, when we're in our womb and we're like a fetus in the womb, actually our gut and our brain are one. Mm -hmm. And as you become a baby, you know, they separate. Yeah. So they are connected 100%. I didn't know that. Oh, it is so cool. Wow. So I always tell people if someone, especially adults, if you're suffering from depression, from from paranoia, from uh, from anything, get your gut checked. Yes, because that right there, um, and I'm a big you know advocate of people going to counseling and CBT therapy, which is great. But that is something that I think gets missed a Absolutely. lot in today's society. Which kind of brings me to talking, you know, more that that method of thinking <laughs> of saying get your gut checked mm-hmm. is more of this holistic minded approach to healing versus maybe Western medicine and our, you know, acute fix to everything, put the, put the bandaid on, here's a pill. You know, it's very different. And I think sometimes people struggle because everything that we talk about with fixing the gut and, you know, these therapies and it, it takes longer. It's not something that happens overnight. I always tell people, you didn't get like this overnight. You're not going to heal overnight either. It does mm-hmm. take a lot of work. So where where do you find the balance between modern medicine and holistic medicine? Sometimes people think, like, do you, do you just not believe in medicine? Absolutely oh, not. Yeah. I would take medicine in a heartbeat if it was something that I needed. Right. But I think it's just, you know, antibiotics we know are so overprescribed. I took antibiotics as, as a kid left and right mm-hmm. because that's just what my parents we're told to right. do. So no wonder my gut is a mess. Right. So how do you find the balance? Well, here's my analogy. You'll love this because you're a football fan like me. Yes. So I feel like medicine is kind of like a football team. You have your owner, you have your head coach, and then you have your position coaches, right? And the owner is kind of like the conventional doctor. They're the bigger picture. They're not really looking at the root cause of things, but they're, they're, they just want the, they want the team to do well. Mm-hmm. But they don't really know how to get a tight end to you know, be in a stance correctly, let's say. So mm-hmm. they have to have their head coach and they have to have their position coach. I feel like the head coach is a dietitian that should be involved in the aspect of the care. And then I feel like the position coach is someone like me who's the health coach that's mm-hmm. there cheering them on and kind of teaching them how to do what the dietitian and the doctor are telling them to do. That's, that's really good. like my fun analogy for – so I feel like – there is room for everybody in this. And I think if people would not be so guarded and not be so afraid of the other positions that 
we would dramatically improve healthcare and the health of the people in this world. Doctors need dietitians. Dietitians need health coaches. Health coaches need all of them. We all need to learn to work together. Yeah. And when I have clients that have doctors and dietitians that are on board with what I'm doing, it works so much better. Yes. Um, and, and, and it's, you know, it's a circle. We all work together and we get the patient better. I, I do feel like overall in general, conventional medicine has gotten out of control because of the cost of things, the cost of these poor doctor's insurance that they have to carry, mm-hmm. um, the cost of medical school. It's not like you can just go a, be a doctor and not have to think of the bottom line anymore. Right. Back and in and day, hospitals who make those doctors because of profit see yes. twice as many patients a d- in a day as they used to. Yes. So it's, 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 medicine is big business. Yes. As much and, as we hate to think and mm-hmm. say that out loud, it's true. It is. And that's where I think, you know, and it's sometimes hard on the functional side or the holistic side because sometimes it's not covered with insurance. Yes. And then people have a very hard time, you know, getting over that. Well, that's, you know, I, I can't go because they're not on my insurance plan. And I finally just got to the point where I was like, I want to get better. Me too. I just want to get better. Well, and if you think about it too, a functional medicine doctor, you might see every three to six months. Right. When you get into healthcare, like the conventional healthcare, you're at the doctor's office two to three times a month. Yes. And so if you add up those $50, $75 copays, it usually adds up to one or two visits that you have to see a functional medicine doctor for. So, yes. And then plus you're re- you're getting healthier and you're getting better. Right. And in the long run, it is cheaper. Right. In my opinion, that's kind of how I justify it too. But yeah, I mean, it, it got to the point where there's there's not really a dollar amount I can put on my health. No. So me investing this money into getting better is priceless. Yes, absolutely. And it's you know you have to get to that point sometimes. You have also talked a lot about environmental factors outside of food, because Mm -hmm. we talk about food a lot that might influence our kids' health, our health, Mm -hmm. like EMFs, screens, Mm -hmm. sleep deprivation. You know, some people don't even know what EMFs are. Yeah. Yes. So electric magnetic fields are everywhere and they have been since the beginning of time. It's not like these are new, but the problem is, is that things that are out on the scene now are so much more powerful than anything we've ever seen, ever had to deal with. Mm-hmm. Um, and you, you have a little radar gun, don't I do. you? <laughs> I'm a little weirdo, yes. <laughs> I go around my house, okay. But I worked with a man named Oren Miller. He's a world-renowned EMF expert, and he helped me get my house cleaner um, okay. when it comes to EMF. So, so how did you do that? So I got the equipment that he told me to get, and I drew an outline of my house, and I went and did all the readings of where everything was, and... He kind of told me, like, I had to move my bed. Um, you know, believe it or not, the sockets in the wall actually have a lot of EMFs. They go out further than any of the EMFs. They can go out to six feet. And so if your bed the is... The sockets in your wall? I had no idea. Yeah. It's a different, it's a different EMF. So, like, a lot of people think of 5G and our phones and yeah, AirPods. Yeah, that's what but I think of. No, there's, there's radiation that comes out of that, too. So, you know, he helped me kind of realize a little bit more of what else I could do to get healthier, like... One simple trick that everybody needs to do, and it's the simplest thing in the world, is you get like a a lamp timer or Christmas tree light timer, Mm -hmm. and you plug that into the wall, and then you plug your router for your Wi-Fi into that, and you shut your Wi-Fi off to go at 10 o'clock at night and turn back on at 7 in the morning. Because when you have Wi-Fi going on your house and you're sleeping, it's disrupting your brain from getting into a complete deep sleep, because that Wi-Fi keeps pinging your brain. 
that because I've always wanted to do that. Yeah, so I, easy. I, I've known it's, but just the hassle of turning it off, remembering to. So you just get a Christmas tree timer. timer. I've never, I've never even had one of those. I assume you just see like you put. <laughs> yeah, you like punch in like when you want it to turn off and when you want it to turn oh back on. Goodness. It does it automatically for you. Oh my goodness, we're doing this. So that is like that's like one the best easy. tip. Yes, so easy. Everybody can do it. And then at least because sleep is such a huge part of my program, and EMFs disturb your sleep so much. Because I feel like I'm sensitive to EMFs, am, and yeah. we've had this conversation before. So, it, it, would you wear an eye watch? No, I, I had an iWatch. Me too. And it made me dizzy. My husband thought I was nuts. And then I took it back to the Apple store and the guy at the Apple store said, believe it or not, there's a lot of people that return it for that reason. Really? Yeah. So I thought it was almost putting a mark on my hand. Oh, yeah. I feel like, it, it, I was like, gosh, that feels like it like almost like burns yes. right where that circle yes. is. It was really weird. Yeah, I got dizzy. And I, so, and I think maybe you and I and other people are more sensitive it, to it than others. Yeah. But there's definitely, so we're electrical beings. Like our body is We electric. are energy. Yes. So it makes sense that if we're putting a, this other energy in it, we're screwing up our system. Yeah. You know? yeah. yeah. I know some people turn it in airplane mode and different things like that. But how do you balance that with your kids? So iPads. Mm-hmm. A lot of the teenagers want the AirPods. Oh, yeah. That will never, ever happen. I will never have buy. Have you seen the radiation that comes out on those? No, I have <gasps> not. Have you Have you tried it yes, with your little monitor? We did. So, like, three is a safe number, I they say, okay. if you're at level three. And they say not for more than an hour of exposure okay. at a level three. The AirPods, when they're on, is at a 32. No. And it's in your ear right next to your brain. A 32? 32. And sa- three is safe? Yes. So I, I see people mind. with AirPods on and like out of everything, those are probably, will ne- I will, will never happen. And my kids just know it. I mean, I've showed, yeah. them, I showed them the thing. They see it. They don't want it. They, okay. They, now you're going to get, I'm going to go home <laughs> and my, tell my husband I need an EMF monitor. He's going to be like, oh, mercy, Sarah, stop. <laughs> I know. I can be crazy sometimes, but I feel like. Once you know it, you can't unknow it. You know, it's hard. See, that's my problem. Yeah. That's a lot of people's problem. They don't want to know. <laughs> they don't want to know. <laughs> exactly. It's much more peaceful than but that, though. <laughs> sometimes it's more peaceful not to know. But no, I do because I want to live my best life and I want to be out there. But how do you do, like, another one, iPads, kids with yeah, iPads? Yeah, so iPads, we have, um, during the week, the kids can't have them when they're in school, you know, because okay. they have homework and they have sports, so okay. there's absolutely no... Um, another rule is they're never allowed to have them in, a, in their room. That's so good. can't have them in their room. That's good. Um, on the weekends, they get them for two hours. And we just use um, the screen time monitor that's on the actual phones or the iPods. Yeah. And it, they just automatically shut off all their apps. So once they've played two hours on their apps, it just shuts off the app. What is this app? It's uh, it's on the phones. It's under the screen time. Okay. So my, my daughter doesn't have a phone. So oh, it's under... IPad? It's a really old iPad. Yeah, yeah. If she if you go under screen time, or you can actually get other apps too, but the newer ones have it in there where it just automatically shuts the apps off. So there's no arguing. There's no... And you I need like more. a special code? You need a code. Yeah, a passcode to give her more. Oh, goodness. You, you Remember that show <laughs> Wife Swap when the mom came over and like stayed with the kids for a week from... Can we just do that? <laughs> I think you could whip my Your family into like, shape. never allowed over here again. <laughs> 
<laughs> no, that is great. Yeah. You know, I, I love how much focus you put on to kids because I think I feel like sometimes I put a lot of focus into myself mm-hmm. and even my husband. But sometimes I don't think about, you know, my daughter because I'm like, oh, she's young. She has right. time. But that's really where the problems start to kind of bubble up. And something you've also talked about that I want to bring up is just kids in movement. And getting out there, since we're talking about the iPads, Mm -hmm. I feel like when I take my daughter's iPad away, because, you know, we we try to limit it to one hour at a time. When I take it away, she ends up going and doing something creative or going outside Mm -hmm. and running around. Like, how important is movement and being physically active, even in the role of maybe ADD or, you know, different things like that? Well, in in regards to ADD, the video games and the iPads are probably one of the worst things besides like food dyes and sugar that mm. you could be doing with your kids. It it really does mess with their brain and the in the way that their brain works and makes the ADHD, the hyper part of the ADHD even worse. So mm. Um, in regards to them, it's really, really important to limit the time and limit the type of games that they're playing. If they're playing violent games, it's even worse than if they're playing just like learning games yeah. or fun games. Um, but movement and exercise and getting outside in nature is so important. I mean, we're missing the boat on this as, as adults. Yeah. And we got that time as kids. We weren't in a house playing video games. We right. were outside. And so it's so important just to kick the kids out. And if they're bored, there's nothing to do, then go climb a tree. You know, yeah. go put your hands in dirt and get, and get dirty. Like, right. Let's not be afraid of that. This is what we need. We need the connection with the ground. Just go lay on the grass and relax for five minutes, whatever. But yeah. um, we really need to, you know, emphasize that. Now, one thing about exercise that is really cool for us as adults and for children, you talk about anxiety and depression and s- the stress that we're under. The exercise is the number one antidote to that. If you exercise, it increases your, you know, dopamine and you get in such a better mood and you're so much happier. And with our kids, it helps them. Oddly enough, it'll calm them down. So if they are getting out there getting exercise, the hyper part of their activity kind of slows them down, but they're they're calmer, yeah. they're happier. I just heard Dr. Amen talking about this yesterday and about how much more powerful or as powerful it is to some medication as oh, exercise. Yes. And that's something that, you know, I, I think we discount. Well, it can't be that right. good or we just don't want to do it. Or That's fascinating. Yeah, we do that with food, too. Like it, food can't make that much of a difference. Exercise can't make that much of a difference. Right. But it can. Meditation and prayer. Yes. That's something that I put off for a while. It, you know, like just having this time of prayer and meditation and setting some time. There's no way that that's going to help me mentally right. feel better. And then... I found this really great app. It's called Abide, mm-hmm. and it's it's similar to the app Calm, which is great too. But um, but it's great. And when you take that, it's all Christian based. That one right. is yeah. all Christian based, uh, yeah. and it's fantastic. They have these wonderful meditations that are just beautiful. Sometimes I listen to the sleep stories. Um, they're great. Yeah. So, what do you say? Because there's so many you know good nuggets in here for what you're giving <laughs> us as parents. What you know? What about the parents that say that's great? I love what you're saying, but I just can't do this. There's no way I can go home right now and say to my ten year old, "We're cutting all the sugar out. No more Fruit Loops. We're doing this." And I would tell you, don't ever do that. Never. So what do you do? You take it one swap at a time. You do one swap a week, and you think to yourself, 
of a two-year plan. Mm-hmm. It's not a month plan. It's not a race. It's not a race. It's a journey. And I, I and I'm with my clients. I'm on that journey with them. We do one swap at a time. We start with the absolute worst thing in their cabinet that they got, mm-hmm. and we swap it out. And for the most part, there's a swap for everything. I, I've dedicated my like brain. Well, I'm looking at your Instagram now and you do pretty much have a swap for everything. I love it. Yeah. And there's more to come. I mean, I'm always finding them. So we, we do one swap at a time. And, you know, I always say people that go out and clean out their cupboards, you're not going to be successful. It's just not going to happen. Your kids are going to be so mad at you. They're going to defy everything you're trying to do. You're going to give up because it gets, their kids are tough. Yeah. Like they are hardcore. And if they're not on this game with you, it's not going to be fun. You're going to give up. Yeah. And it's going to become more of a struggle. I yeah. like progress, not perfection. Absolutely. You know, none of us are ever going to be perfect in Mm-mm. situations. And it's it's not like we don't ever have anything fun to eat. Oh, or, my gosh. We have the best. I feel yes. like I have the best desserts all the time. I, I don't know. feel deprived at all. No. I made brownies out of zucchini the other day. <laughs> That's a miracle. That were like, who would have ever known you could do that? Yes. And they were delicious. Yeah. It's just, you know, it's it just, out. yeah, it's figuring it out. And mm-hmm. I love what you said at the very beginning. A mom on a mission is better than an FBI agent. That's so true because I feel like once I started my like research, I was like, I'm still, I'm like on a hunt. I do feel like I'm a bit of a detective figuring all this out, but it's so fun. It's so fascinating. It only makes you feel better. And it's like the more you know, the more power you have. And I also think it's good not to give yourself a hard time for not knowing what you didn't know. Absolutely. You know, like I said, six years ago, I was putting fruit roll-ups and Oreos in their lunches. I I mean, that was six years ago. Yeah. So, and you know, and you can't ever be guilted into anything. You're doing things as best as you can for the situation you have. Some people, I have five kids. So my, you know, my mornings are chaotic and crazy because I make their lunches, I make their breakfast. But you know, if there, one day I don't give them the best meal, I'm not feeling guilty. Right. Because 90% of the time, these kids are getting the best that they yes. can get. The 10% that they don't, it's going to be okay. Yeah. Tell me about your 12-week program that you have and how you help people get over the hump and into that next phase of feeling good. Okay. So I have a 12-week program. Um, it's a video series. So I have videos that go out to my clients every week that I've already pre-taped. And it's uh, teaching them all the different aspects and nutrition and how to improve sleep, how to improve stress, and all about supplementation. Mm-hmm. Um, each of those weeks, weeks one through five, we it's a learning. There's not really a lot of inflammation at, at all. I mean, there's some little hacks that you're doing, but it's nothing intense. Week six and week seven is when we start to implement healthier foods and just to kind of get the body going and getting away from gluten, getting away from sugar. Um, And then the rest of the weeks are kind of diving into what I do with my health coaching. So then I become this like coach for them. I'm there to help them with their meal planning. I'm there to help them with questions about ingredients. They'll be at the grocery stores snapping me pictures. Can I buy this? Or, you know. Nice. And so we text back and forth and... I mean, they also get a, every week a one-to-one meeting with me. So my clients that are out of state, we do it via Zoom. Oh, yeah. And then the clients that are in state, we usually meet and are I'm able to go and help them out, you know, face-to-face. Um, but it's it's definitely me coming alongside and guiding. And here's where it really works with kids. Because as a parent, 
when you are trying to implement change into your house, you are the bad guy changing their world. Yes. When you have me come in and teach these, and I have the children sit with me as young as six years old, five, six years old, they're sitting and I'm breaking it down to their level why we have to do what we're going to do. You become a team with your kid yeah. instead of the one who's the, bringing down the hatchet. And it's a completely different atmosphere than you being the one doing it. Oh, well, that's so true. I mean, it's like teaching your kids piano. I could never teach my daughter piano. Mm-hmm. She would never listen to me. <laughs> no. But someone else coming in and teaching her, there's there's just a different yeah. you know, level there. I think that's so true. So who is this program for? Well, several different people. So my heart and soul is children with ADD. Mm -hmm. Um, That's where my heart is. But I also work with a lot of adults and children that just want to get healthier. Children that are dealing with weight issues. Um, Believe it or not, most skin and asthma issues are diet related. Mm -hmm. Um, Kids that are just maybe not ADHD, but just have a really hard time focusing in school and getting in trouble a lot, but they're not quite where they need to be on meds or somebody who doesn't want to put their kids on meds. My program helps them. Uh, I do this detox program every six weeks for mostly moms. It's mostly moms that are wanting to do the detox. And it's a 10-day detox. And um, you are never hungry. You feel great the whole time. It's basically based off the paleo way of eating, except there's no honey, no maple syrup and sweeteners in the detox portion. Okay. And my goal with that is that I want people to realize how easy paleo eating is, how beautiful it is, how it tastes so phenomenal. Mm Mm-hmm. And then after the 10-day detox, I teach them how to make the desserts so they can add the desserts in. But um, so any of the programs that you choose, whether it's the monthly health coaching, the detox program, or the freedom from ADD program, you have such you have tons of one-on-one time with me. I'm your coach. I'm pushing you through, but I'm doing it with grace and understanding. Yeah. Never judgment. I know a lot of people are afraid. I don't want her to come in and see what my pantry looks like. Believe no, me. I, you are not like that at all. <laughs> no. At all. No, I was probably worse than what you have, you know, so. But I think that's why it's so relatable because you've been there. Yeah. You've seen the transition in. Yes. We've seen the transition in you and what you're doing now is just beautiful. I'm on your Instagram right now and it's so cool how you do. It is called Swap It Healthy. You got to put the underscore in between. Swap underscore it underscore healthy and we'll link all of that up in the show notes as well so you can just click on it and you have a website to swap it healthy dot com yeah swap it healthy dot com but you put you and you do little pictures to make it very easy like uh, the first one here is um tortillas mm-hmm. you know we've all seen those big stacks of mission tortillas the white corn tortillas or whatever at the the grocery stores. But then you have the alternatives of the Siete almond flour ones, which Mm -hmm. I love, or Crunching Kitchen with Mm -hmm. Gina Jones. She's been on the podcast before. She's a a local mom who makes great wraps out of plantains. Oh, so good. Two other great options. And so you could always see a visual of the, it's like this, this, Yeah, and the thing that I do too, because I'm a big believer in not just telling people, just go buy this, I explain the why. Exactly. It's so important for me that people understand the why, because once you know the why, it makes that decision to make the swap even more stronger. Yeah. Because you know why you shouldn't be eating that stuff. This is so great. Well, thank you so much for joining us today. All of your all of your stuff is very beneficial to so many people. We're going to link up all of her info in show notes so you can follow her. Again, the Facebook 
Facebook is swap it healthy with the number one. Okay. And Instagram is swap underscore it underscore healthy. People were stealing my name. <laughs> so I had to make them complicated. So and on Twitter, it's just swap it healthy. And perfect. And, Thank uh, you and so online is swapithealthy.com. She's got her 12-week program that you can get help with her through that. If you have kids with ADD, you know, suffering, definitely contact her. She's awesome. And we're, we're so thankful you joined us today. Thank you for having me. It's so much fun.